my family, my beautiful family. It is that wonderful time once again. And I don't know if y'all saw on Thursday, we were like low key lit. Like it was like kind of turned up in there on a Thursday night, right in the middle of a pandemic. Everybody was shouting. Yeah. Again. I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Rock them on. Yeah. Kingdom vibes only. Kingdom, kingdom vibes only. That is our theme. This is more than a series. I really do believe that this is going to be the theme for our life. This is going to be the cadence for the rest of the year, for 2022, for 2023, for the rest of our life. Kingdom vibes only. If it's not kingdom, I don't want it. First off, I really, really do um, want to send prayers to Louisiana. Louisiana was hit earlier today by a massive category four hurricane, almost category five, Hurricane Ida. I think the winds were 155 miles per hour. Today we pray, tomorrow we serve. And for any of our family, any of our viewers in Louisiana, uh, Mississippi, wherever the storm is approaching, our prayers are with you. And rest assured, we're going to try to do everything we can um, to serve you after you're able to assess the damage. Going through several hurricanes here in Houston, we know the struggle. We know the struggle. And one thing I kept on repeating to myself while we were going through Hurricane Harvey in 2017 is God is good even when life isn't. Every storm cloud eventually runs out of rain. So our prayers are with you today. We pray tomorrow we serve. And um, this message on tonight, this message on tonight, like I felt like God kind of gave it to me last minute. I was going to go one direction, but then we're going to go that direction on Thursday. But this message on tonight, we're going to ruffle some feathers. But that's how I do, right? <laughs> we're going to ruffle some feathers. It's going to get real. I want us to understand something. The word church means ecclesia. Now, I want to give you a little history. Back when Caesar was ruling, when Caesar was in control, ever so often he would have a meeting. From my research, it was either once or twice a year. Caesar would have a meeting with his governors. He would have a meeting with his governors. Pilate was a governor, you know, the guy who sentenced Jesus to be crucified. He was a governor. Once they had that meeting, do you know what that meeting was called? It was called Ecclesia, church. And so now as I was studying, God really broke this down to me. This is so powerful. The church is not just a place of membership. The church is not just a place that you attend. The church is a place where governors gather. Did y'all catch what I just said? The church is a place where governors gather. I need us to come together because while we're in the earth, we are the ones who are representing the kingdom government. We are representing the kingdom agenda. We are governors. Can I get somebody to put in the room? I'm a governor. You are a governor. I am a governor. This message on tonight is going to ruffle some feathers. Let's go ahead and get to it. Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 23. I'm not going to be before you long. Matthew chapter 23, verse 1. This is a passage of scripture I personally have never heard preached before. Okay. Matthew chapter 23, verse 1. Then Jesus spoke to the multitude and to his disciples saying, the scribes 
and the Pharisees, these are like the pastors and the church leaders, the scribes and the pastors sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but do not do according to their works. Uh-oh. For they say and do not do, for they bind heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulder, but they themselves, come on, pastor, they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers, but all their works they do to be seen by men. So we see right here in Bible days, there was already this, there was already this addiction to likes. There was already this presentation to be seen by men. There was already this obsession to be followed. There was this obsession to be approved. There was this obsession to get more subscribers. There was this obsession to apply a filter and make people think that I'm at a place that I'm really not. Jesus says a verse of emphasis, the one that is very difficult to digest. Verse three, he says, therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do, but do not do according to their works. For they say and do not do. I want to get to work. Father God, thank you so much for this moment. Thank you so much for allowing us to have this time where we can come together and we are reminded that we are governors. We are ambassadors representing the kingdom. We live by another kingdom ethic, another kingdom code, by kingdom principles. Help us, Father God, to be kingdom in the midst of everything that screams to be accepted. We are not commoners. We are kingdom ambassadors. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody who agrees with that prayer, would you say amen? Like I said, I want to get to work. There's a lot I want to share with you, and I'm trying to do it in a good time frame. I want to speak around this thought from this subject for part two of this Kingdom Vibes Only series. Yes, we hear you, but we see you. <laughs> yes, we hear you, but we see you. Confession time. Can I get you to get your fingers ready? Get your fingers ready and get everybody to say this as loud as you can if you're watching and everybody put it in the room in all caps. God help me to be authentic in the secret places, in the dark places, for you need more kingdom representatives. One more time. God help me to be authentic in the secret places in the dark places, for you need more kingdom representatives. Yes, we hear you, but we see you. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, there was this article I read not too long ago, and it was entitled Millennials and Gen Z, meaning Generation Z. Millennials and Generation Z are leaving the church. Where did we go wrong? And it's about to get turbulent in a few seconds. Millennials and Generation Z are leaving the church. Where did we go wrong? And I'm, I'm doing this because I want to explain what I think happened throughout the century, through time frame, through time frame. What happened to where teaching sound biblical doctrine has become in a famine? 
What has happened to where sound biblical doctrine is rare? Millennials and Generation Z are leaving the church. Where did we go wrong? I would like to ascribe to you that we are not leaving the church, but we are leaving the fraudulent. We're not leaving the church, but we are leaving the fraudulent because it's going to be hard to be a fearful church, but yet expect to lead a fearless generation. It's going to be difficult to do that. It's going to be hard to want to reach a generation when all you preach is rebuke and there is no love fruit. Because this generation is a relational generation. We love any and everything to do with relationships. Therefore, we have to understand that you have to be relational before confrontational. Meaning, if what you preach is only correcting me, but I don't see any love from you outside the pulpit. So you can rebuke, but there's no love fruit. It's going to be difficult to reach a generation. Yes, we hear you, but we see you. I would like to ascribe to you that there is a generation on the rise that doesn't just want religious rhetoric. We want Jesus for real. Can I get it? Amen. We don't want just religious rhetoric. We want Jesus. We don't just want your opinions. We want Jesus. We don't want just your political views. We want sound doctrine. We don't want just what you think, but we want transformational, power-filled, chain-breaking, Holy Spirit-constructed sermons and biblical content. Because if everybody in your church looks like you and talks like you and thinks like you, perhaps you don't have a church, you have a cult. I told you we ruffling some feathers. Perhaps you don't have a church, you have a cult. The kingdom agenda is to fish with the net. Many places fish with the real. Jesus himself said the kingdom of heaven is like a net. See, when you fish with the real, you select the bait and you cast where you want to cast in hopes to catch a fish that you desire. But when you fish with the net, you're going to catch all types of fish, black fish, White fish, Puerto Rican fish, Asian fish, let's go ahead and get in trouble, Torrance. Vaccinated fish, unvaccinated fish, church fish, unchurched fish, rich fish, poor fish. It does not matter. We're trying to catch those who are hungry. Why am I preaching so hard? We want to catch those who are hungry, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Perhaps we're not just leaving the church, but we're leaving the fraudulent. And I'm not pitching generation against generation. I believe we can work together powerfully and holistically, but I do want to expose why it appears that kingdom teaching is in a famine. Why the Holy Spirit led for me to do this Kingdom Vibes only series. Because, yes, we hear you, but we see you. Like, Yes, I heard you, mama, with that prayer. I heard you pray. You, like, prayed powerfully. People had goosebumps and everything, were shouting all while you were praying in church. But we also saw you flip that person off on 610. Y'all not talking to me. We also saw you flip that person off on I-35, on 45, or whatever highway is in your city. We also saw that. Yes, we hear you, but we see you. Yeah, I heard you, Dad. You, you preached a fire word. Preached the paint off the walls. Everybody was shouting and knucking and bucking and shouting like, like they just heard the best message in their life and church was amazing. And they're talking about how oily you are. We heard you. But we also saw you push mama 
two days ago. And every time I got to walk through the kitchen, I see this dent in the wall from that fight that y'all got in. Yes, we heard you preach a sermon and we heard you read some scriptures, but we also saw you cuss mama out. Yes, we hear you. It's getting real, y'all. Yes, we hear you, but we see you. Yes, auntie, we heard you lead that song. It got a lot of views on YouTube, too. You killed it. <laughs> I mean, you giving Jennifer Hudson a run for her money. Like you murdered that song, bodied it. We also heard moaning and groaning on Friday night in the bedroom, and I'm sure that wasn't a prayer meeting. I'm sure that wasn't, y'all don't wanna talk to me. I'm sure that wasn't just a prayer meeting. And then you come out and try to tell us don't talk about it and rebuke me for my nasty attitude. Yes, we hear you, but we see you. And please understand, I'm not saying that parents have to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect, you're not perfect. Parents, we will make mistakes. We will make mistakes. But that mistake should not be a state. Did you hear me? That mistake should not be a state. To the best of your capability and through the empowering of the Holy Spirit, your behind the scenes and what you present should not be strangers. All right? They should not be strangers. I'm not saying that you need to be perfect. But I am saying what you present and your behind the scenes to the best of your capability should be congruent. And there is a lot of people, a lot of us have a bad taste in our mouth when it comes to anything to do with church, anything to do with Jesus, anything to do with kingdom, anything to do with faith because of all of the wrong representation. Can we talk? This is why I was trying to emphasize on Thursday that we have to understand all throughout the fabric of scripture, there is the principle of representation. The first Adam represented us. That's why in Adam all died. The second Adam redeemed us. It's the principle of representation. Marriage is a principle of representation. Baptism is the principle of representation. And a lot of people have been turned off, even somebody possibly watching this message. Just the word church, pastor, Christianity, Jesus, for a lot of people is a trigger. Because of all of the wrong representation and the lack of love. And I don't know why I'm preaching so hard. <laughs> Got me sweating like this in the introduction, but I, I, I just feel like I need to encourage somebody. I need to encourage somebody because the text tells us in Jeremiah that God has a plan for you to give you a hope and to give you a future. Yes, what they did was messed up, but God still has a plan. Yes, they hurt you, but God still has a plan. You didn't make the wise choices. I haven't either, but God still has a plan. Yes, you could have been a stripper. God still has a plan for you. You could have sold drugs. God still has a plan for you. Not making the best decision and now you feel like you're in a season of consequence, God still has a plan for you. After abortion, God still has a plan for you. Yes, you had a divorce, but God still has a plan for you. As long as you have a pulse, God still has a plan. You're battling with depression, God still has a plan for you. Battling with addiction, God still has a plan for you. Battling with resentment due to what a family member did to you or what they said to you because first it hurts then it changes you, and then it becomes your personality. And you'll say things like, no, I'm not, I'm not bitter. I'm not even on that. Yeah, you may not be on that, but you're right around the corner. 
Kingdom Key is forgiveness. God still has a plan for you. Right in the middle of a pandemic, God still has a plan for you. And I just feel like we need to tear up the script because wrong representation and pain has a way of handing us a script. And due to the pain, we end up learning its lines so that we can be casted in the film of cinematography of a list of regrets. But I just feel a tear it up anointing. I'm no longer going to recite the lines of depression. I'm tearing up the script. No longer am I going to recite the lines of fear. I'm going to tear up the script. No longer am I going to recite the lines of depression and anxiety. I'm going to tear up the script. I'm not going to read over this and recite what it tells me. I'm going to tear up the script, tear up the script, tear up the script, tear up the script. Whatever it is, whatever lines that you have started to quote, the lines of fear, the lines of doubt, the lines of inadequacy, that's not kingdom. There is a kingdom language. And I want to encourage you that God still has a plan for you. We need to tear the script but fall in love with the scriptures. Fall in love with the scriptures. God has a plan for me. God has a plan for my household. God has a plan for my children. Yes, I messed up, but God still has a plan. God still has a plan. See, if you don't understand this, if you don't tear up the script from the lines of trauma and depression, when you're used to dealing with toxicity, peace feels awkward. <laughs> peace feels awkward. So give your soul time to develop taste buds for health. Because all I've been used to is drama and pain. God has a plan and it's kingdom vibes only. Can I get somebody to put in the room kingdom vibes only? Please hear me. The church is supposed to be a place of healing, wholeness, love, community, and education. Okay? I should not just attend a place that gives me hype. And I have to say this because a lot of people message all the time like, yeah, I'm looking for a church in my area. Right now I'm just watching this, but I'm looking for a church in my area. I need you to understand this is what I've learned that people are looking for. And I think that they could be good requirements for you. Number one, do they teach scripture undiluted? That means not their twist on it, not their manipulation on it, not their political views on it. Do they teach scripture undiluted? Number two, do they care for me? So it doesn't just preach good sermons, but even in the midst of the aisles or walking to the bathroom, I can feel love. Number three, do you help me? And number four, can I trust you? These are just some things I've recognized that people ask themselves before they ever make a commitment to have this be the place that spiritually edifies them. Do they teach scripture undiluted? Do they care for me? Do they help me? Can I trust them? Because the church should be a place, this is just my belief and my desire, where I want more for you versus more from you. Woo! We ruffling feathers. I want more for you versus more from you. Now remember, on Thursday, I was breaking down the parable that Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. 
If you read throughout the parables that Jesus gave, he kept on making this reference. The kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is hidden. The kingdom of heaven is like this hidden treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like this lost coin. There seems to be a correlation with hidden as though it's something that you don't just stumble over. Because for you to access and benefit from these kingdom keys is going to take intentionality. You don't catch health. You catch sickness. You don't catch revelation. It takes intentionality. The day you hear my voice, Harden not your heart. Draw nigh to me, and I will draw nigh to you. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden. So this means a kingdom key is seeking. Did y'all hear what I just said? The kingdom of heaven is like hidden treasure. Therefore, a kingdom key is seeking. The Bible has so much to say about seeking. I'm going to give you Bible. 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11. It says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 25. It says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who, look at that word, seeks him. Psalms 119, verse 10. With my whole heart, I what? Seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. Amos chapter 5, verse 4. For thus says the Lord to the house of Israel, seek me and live. Are you getting the cadence and a popular passage? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God. Please notice this. Kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And I was trying to stress in the kingdom, doors don't look like doors. They look like keys. God does not give you blueprints. God does not give you arcs. He gives you blueprints. It's keys. Seek ye first the kingdom. The kingdom key is to seek. Is to seek because watch this. Discernment corrects attraction. We spent over nine weeks dealing with discernment. Discernment corrects attraction. So this could be a popular church, but that does not mean it edifies you. This could be a popular group, but that doesn't mean it's beneficial for your destiny because discernment corrects attraction. There is a difference and attractive and attracted, okay? Because I could see something that's attractive, but desired discernment will cause for me to wait until I see fruit or venom before I'm ever attracted. Did y'all hear what I just said? When, when I desire discernment, I'm not just attracted, even though it might be an attractive ministry, an attractive offer, an attractive man, an attractive woman. I'm not attracted until I see some fruit. Jesus gives us this word. Jesus gives us this word I haven't heard preached from that I believe is extremely difficult, extremely difficult to do. In verse 3 of our foundational text, he tells us what they tell you to observe observe. He's speaking of spiritual things. What they tell you to observe, oh that, observe. 
what they tell you to do, do. But don't be like the person who's telling you to do it. <laughs> In other words, Jesus is saying, receive what they deliver, but don't be like the deliverer. Gosh, you know how much spiritual maturity that takes to be able to eat the meat but spit out the bones? He said, yeah, receive what they deliver, but don't be like the deliverer. This, this, this is so paramount for me, especially as a pastor, because this means you could preach and have people get delivered but never experience deliverance. You could help people be free but still yet yourself be bound. In fact, many people find self-worth in fixing people, especially my sisters. There is some sense of self-worth you feel when you can say, I'm fixing something. But please hear this. Please hear me on the night. You can't add value because you want value. Ooh, I need to say that again. You can't add value because you want value. If you attempt to do this, you will confuse your contribution as confirmation. This is why my prayer is God heal in me what I expect other people to. Because there is a possibility for me to feel some sense of worth or value by trying to help people. And when I constantly live life like this, I will always surround myself with projects and never partners because I don't recognize that I have to have discernment. And just because it appears to be good does not mean it is good for me. Jesus says, many on that day will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we preach in your name? Heal in your name. Cast out devils in your name. Jesus will tell them, depart from me. I never knew you. So in other words, yes, you helped me deliver, but you yourself never were delivered. Gosh. Yes, yes, you helped me do kingdom work, but you never knew the king. Yes, you wanted kingdom blessings, but you never desired a kingdom relationship. So many of us, myself included, have been guilty of desiring kingdom access without living a surrendered life to the king. Kingdom vibes only is more than a series. It's a cadence of surrender. God help me to stop living like commoners. And I'm dealing with this on Thursday. I'm getting ahead of myself. Thursday, I'm teaching from this topic. I'm going through withdrawals. Because when you recognize that God has summoned for you to be kingdom, you're going to have withdrawals from being common. I'm not used to eating like this, but this is how we do in the kingdom. I'm not used to making decisions like this. Oh, but boo-boo, this is how we do in the kingdom. I'm not used to protecting my heart like this, but this is how we do in the kingdom. I'm not used to presenting it to God before I ever allow myself to have some sense of anxiety. Oh, but in the kingdom, we seek first the kingdom of God. In all our ways, we acknowledge him. It operates different when you're royalty and sometimes you have withdrawals from being commoner, but that's Thursday in person or online. And I think one of the massive differences between this generation and current generations is this generation will be honest with you. They'll tell you, listen, I'm not there yet. I'm not even going to front. Uh, when I get my life right, then that's when I'm going to come to church. 
But if I be real with you, bro, I'm still gonna get high. I live with my girlfriend. Yeah, we have sex. I'm not there yet. I'm just being 100 with you. When I get my life right, though, like I hear you and I respect what you're doing. I really do because people need to hear about that. I respect that, but I'm not there yet. When I get there, then I'll come to church and then, you know, I'll surrender my life to Jesus. It's as if, though, we have this mindset, once I'm fixed, then I'll come to Christ. Not recognizing you don't come fixed, you come broken. You don't come fixed, you come broken, and he fixes. Remember, his earthly occupation was carpentry, which means he specialized in repairing and fixing stuff that's broke. So if you're broken, you're a perfect candidate for God to use. If you have flaws, you're a perfect candidate for God to use. If you make mistakes and probably still going to make mistakes, you are a perfect candidate for God to use. Noah got drunk. God still used him. David was an adulterer. God still used him. And he murdered old boy. God still used him. God still used him. Rahab was a prostitute. God still used him. Paul, assist in murder. God still used him. So what is your excuse on why God can't use you? We have this mindset like, I know I'm not real, but when I get there, then I'll check you out. <laughs> I think that's kind of like millennials, Generation Z. I ain't going to play with God. I'm not there yet, bro, so I ain't doing that. Other generations, it's almost as if we never talked about stuff. You know, like everybody knew grandpa was abusive, but nobody talked about it. Like me and my wife have articulated several times they have this mindset, what goes on in this house stays in this house, but secrets don't keep you safe. They, they keep you sick. This is how we allow a spirit to rage in our bloodline. We don't talk about it. Yeah, we hear you, but we see you. Everybody knew. Everybody knew that Uncle Ray Ray was cheating on Aunt Sheila, but nobody said nothing about it. Nobody talked to him about it. Nobody approached him about it because what goes on in this house stays in this house, but family secrets don't keep you safe. They, they keep you sick. This is how spirits continue to rage in the bloodline. Yeah, we, we hear you, but we see you. Everybody knew that Melvin and Michael had something going on on the down low. <laughs> pun intended like that was a little bit more than brotherly love like that was that was just something a little extra everybody knew it but nobody said nothing because what goes on in this house stays in this house family secrets don't keep you safe they keep you sick this is how spirits rage and a bloodline everybody knew that deacon otis was sleeping with the church secretary but nobody said nothing nobody tried to hold him accountable Nobody tried to restore him in the spirit of meekness. Nobody tried to give him counsel. Nobody tried to do all that. He still preached at the tent revival. Nobody said anything about it because what goes on in this house stays in this house. And this is the crazy thing about it. Then we'll turn around and say, you're a lost generation. <laughs> you're a rebellious generation. Millennials and Generation Z and Next generations after that, they're leaving the church as though it's not possible that we are the manifestation of the skeletons in your closet. Expose this Holy Ghost. 
What if for some of us, we are your walking secrets? The very thing that you said, what goes on in this house stays in this house. That's walking in 35-year-old form. That's walking in 26-year-old form. That's walking in 18-year-old form. That's walking in 39-year-old form. I feel like it's getting real in here on a Sunday night. Yes, you're lost and you're confused and they're leaving church. What if we're the manifestation of the things that were supposed to stay in this house? But we didn't stay in the house. But I believe all hope is not lost. I believe there is a generation, both baby boomer, generation X, millennials, generation Z, and generations after that who have made up their mind to be kingdom and kingdom only. I believe that there is a remnant arising in the earth who will not bow and who will not bend to the cultures and the belief of Babylon. But there are sons and daughters of Zion who will arise and say kingdom vibes only. I'm going to live kingdom, not like a commoner. I know that y'all kept some secrets, but it is my mission to live by the kingdom agenda. If there's anybody who agrees with me on tonight, can we have a virtual praise break? Running man emoji, high five emoji, the walls are coming down. Just like the children of Israel were walking around the wall, the wall of depression has got to come down. The walls of traditionalism have got to come down. The walls of racism has got to come down. The walls of division has got to come down. It has to come down. It has to come down. It has to come down because God needs his kingdom representatives. And even when it comes down, we are the ones who are not afraid to climb over the rubble and campaign the kingdom of God. It must come down. It must come down. What a language. It must come down. Maybe, maybe that's one of the secrets for us to understand. You're a governor. Ecclesia, ecclesia. You, you are a governor, not just a member. You are the official representation of the kingdom in the earth. Can I get somebody put in the room? I'm a representative. I am a representative. This series is not only going to teach us kingdom keys. It's not only going to chisel and construct us to be kingdom, but it's also going to expose us to what is limiting us from being kingdom. I want to expose you to kingdom language, to kingdom teaching, and the kingdom keys. Kingdom language. When I was growing up, all the way until I graduated high school, my parents would always make me quote the word over myself. I mean, I'm about to leave the house and my mom would be like, I'm a disciple. I'm a disciple to the Lord, obedience to God's will. Great is my peace and undisturbed composure. Even though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. They were teaching me a kingdom language. I will live, I will live and not die, but declare the works of the Lord. They were teaching me a kingdom language. When you live around commoners, all you speak is common language, which means you will only have common experiences. When I can get us to learn kingdom language, then we will experience kingdom blessings. Three points, y'all. Three points and I'm done. I'll get out your way and you can have a wonderful Sunday night and join us on Thursday. Three points. The first point, how do we fix this? How do we fix this? I believe it's very simple. We need examples. How do we get people to live out by this kingdom code and this kingdom ethic? We need to see other people live out kingdom.
There have been too many churches that will preach just law and just preach, you got to do this. If, if you want God to do this, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. It was a don't do list, almost as if, yes, you're saved by grace through faith, but if you want to stay saved, it's by your works. <laughs> we need more representatives. So like, like this light bulb right here. Jesus told us, let your light so shine before men. And I think the issue with a lot of us is the kingdom key of sticking with it. Be not weary and well-doing, for in due season you will reap a harvest if you faint not. Right? And so, all right, I'm going to try church. All right, I'm going to try fasting. All right, I'm going to try prayer. None of that stuff ain't working. It's not working. And due to us not sticking with the kingdom key, they never see a kingdom light. But if I can get you to keep fasting, Keep praying, keep having devotion, keep seeking his face, keep calling unto him, keep sermon binging, keep engaging in evangelism, keep on reading the scriptures, then my light could shine. It's only when we use the kingdom key of sticking with it, intentionality, consistency. Can I get somebody put in the room? It's the consistency for me. <laughs> we need more examples, more people who are unashamed to shine their light. But remember, for the kingdom of heaven is like a hidden treasure. It's not going to happen if you're not intentional. You have to be intentional with waking up early. Intentional with what music I'm listening to. I can't keep listening to trash and expect to present treasure. I have to be intentional with who I'm entertaining. Intentional with sermons. Intentional with my growth. That way, I could be the example, the ambassador that God has called for me to be. Remember, your governors. Point number two, we need seasoned accountability. We need seasoned accountability, and accountability requires nudity. I can't help you get unstuck if you act like you're free. I need seasoned accountability because believe it or not, tests were never supposed to be repeated. Did y'all hear me? Test was never supposed to be repeated. I said this in the Try Me series. I could deal with taking tests, but I just can't deal with taking the same test. Tests were never meant to be repeated. The kingdom agenda is for the elder men to train up the younger men and the elder women to train up the younger women, not pitching generation against each other, but exposing what has happened that has caused us to not be able to disciple to where we could all be lights. Just maybe, it's because yeah, we hear you, but we see you. And if I hear you speaking about the light, more than you're actually being a light, you're not carrying out a kingdom key. Last one, and we're done. We need healing. We need healing. A lot of stuff. I, I know it, when Jesus was preaching this, the Pharisees and the Sadducees had to be hot. They made sure he got killed. We need healing from all of the Pharisees that put burdens on us but weren't willing to help us. We need healing from all the religious rhetoric, from putting heavy loads on us but not helping us. And Jesus said, listen, they don't practice what they preach. What they're telling you is the truth. 
But I don't want you to just hear the truth and not know me. I want to have communion with you. I want to have relationship with you. And it all starts with understanding the kingdom ethics, the kingdom system. And when Pilate and Caesar met, it was called Ecclesia. The emperor was meeting with his governors. The king desires to meet with his governors. And this series is going to remind you of your governing authority. So God, would you, would you help us shift our mind from commoner to kingdom? Help us to understand that we truly are a royal priesthood. Forgive us, God, for seeing and being so hypocritical. Even in our mistakes, you still could use us, God, but you need someone. You need a remnant in the earth, oh God, that is willing to shine before men. Help us to be the light of the world, to remind our brothers and our sisters that we're not commoners, we're governors. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.